Welcome to On The Move from the Texas A&M Department of Kinesiology and Sport Management. In this episode, Alyssa Locklear shares ways the department offers students support and resources. Howdy and welcome to another episode of On The Move. I'm Chelsea Reber and today I am joined by Alyssa Locklear. Alyssa, thank you so much for joining me today. Yay, thanks for having me. So you've been at Texas A&M for a while now. I would love to cover all of it. So talk to me about getting here and your role and now where we are today. Sure. Um, I happen to be a student who came here and never managed to leave Aggieland. Um, It was not the life plan, but I'm so glad that it worked out the way that it did. Uh, I came here in 1997 as a freshman. I was a general studies major, didn't quite know what I wanted to do other than be here at A&M. And I eventually uh, found the major community health, which was a a perfect landing place for uh, me still to be able to have some flexibility and get to decide what exactly I wanted to do. Um, One of the main reasons that I'm still here in College Station is I happened to meet my husband in class. Uh, We met in anatomy lab. Um, And so we, um, you know. What was the pickup line in anatomy lab? You know, honestly. (laughs) Honestly, we were dissecting a cat, and I was so... What a romantic first date. I know. And so, yes, I was very traumatized by that, um, and he really, it didn't bother him because he really doesn't like cats. Um, (laughs) And so... We here we are. We own a cat. Uh, Stop. Yes, oh my we gosh. do. Yes. What a great story. <laughs> so, That's awesome. um, so we we met in college, and then um, part of my degree required an internship, mm-hmm. and I did an internship at St. Joseph and Bryan in their Healthy Communities Department, and absolutely loved it, uh, which made me decide to go ahead and get my master's degree in public health. And while I was in school, I was offered the job of the person who was my internship supervisor, mm-hmm. which for anyone listening, stay in touch with people. Uh, because that is what helped me get that job. And uh, I am so thankful that they took a chance on me. Um, a master's degree was required for the partici- for the uh, position, mm-hmm. but they let me give it a try when I was still in school. Mm-hmm. So finished school while working full-time, which was really busy, um, <laughs> but got it done. And then after doing a community health education for about four years at St. Joseph, um, I started to realize that I wanted to be able to teach people about having a healthy lifestyle at a younger age. Okay. Uh, most of the people I worked with were older, mm-hmm. and after seeing some of the conditions that they dealt with, uh, I thought it would be great to work with younger people. Um, and I also started to realize that I enjoyed teaching um, through some of the activities I got to do there. So I had some friends who worked in health and kinesiology mm-hmm. at the time and uh, was offered a position as, uh, and I think it was an assistant lecturer when I first began, and that was a little over 15 years ago, and I'm still here. So you have a couple of different positions within kinesiology and sport management. Can you explain each one of those? Sure, absolutely. Uh, my my main job is that I'm an instructional professor in the physical education activity program. And so in that job, I teach classes that are electives. And so they're open to a wide variety of majors, uh, which is a lot of fun. The main activity I focus on is yoga right now. And that is worked into some core curriculum credits for life and physical science and social and behavioral science. And so with that, after doing that job for quite a while, I was able to apply for uh, my new position, which is the undergraduate program chair. I started that on July 1st officially, which means that I still learn things every single day because everything works on a semester basis. And so everything is new for me right now. Uh, But in that job, I get to work with our amazing team of advisors and um, work a lot between um, scheduling and curriculum 
And we're, now we are beginning our scholarship awarding, uh, work with transfer admissions, readmissions. And then I also get to work at the, the college level or the school level on, again, the, um, the scholarships, bigger curriculum pictures, student awards, which is a lot of fun at the end of the semester. Um, and we also get to appeal student or help students with their appeal if they have been um, dismissed from the university for any reason. Mm-hmm. It sounds like that position, the, the ladder, the chair, um, is a a little bit of a bigger picture position versus the you know professor where you're seeing them every single day. So you're kind of getting two different views of how the students handle college. Yes, I, I definitely do. And I think that um, one of the classes I teach that I didn't mention earlier is a learning community for freshmen. Um, we have a Loman learning community for uh, first generation college students and getting to meet them when they're freshmen and then be able to be in my other job and see the big picture and see them come all the way through is so rewarding. And then now that I'm seeing my first group of students come in um, as transfer students and get to to track their progress too, it's seeing the bigger picture is is just such a treat um, that we don't necessarily get when we're meeting our students in, in individual classes. I want to go back to what you said earlier about wanting to, to start that education process with younger people versus the um, helping out with the health of yeah. the older people. Was there a moment when you, you did come back to A&M and you started working with college students that you thought, like, yeah, this is it. This is where I'm supposed to be? Honestly, the day I started. Really? Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. As as soon as I learned that I got the job and I got to start working on developing some lessons for some health lectures that we had at the time, mm-hmm. I, I knew this is what I had always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. You work a lot with PAP, within mm-hmm. PAP. Um, what are some of the biggest misconceptions about the physical education activity ah, program? Oh, that's a great question. Um, you know, people think, oh, it's just PE. Right. Um, and everybody had various experiences in elementary school or middle <laughs> school PE. Um, some so, have trauma. Yes, yes. And so, really you know, do- dodgeball, you know, is a thing. Mm-hmm. And so this idea that, oh, we're just doing PE. And, and we are. We are engaging in physical activity and we want our students to be physically active mm-hmm. we see the benefit for them throughout their entire college career of having um, just an opportunity to move your body and find a movement that is enjoyable for you um, now with our classes being elective students can pick something that they already know that they like like volleyball or they might decide to learn something brand new mm-hmm. my Beth my friend Beth teaches ice skating oh, wow. and students can learn how to ice skate yeah. as a class which is really great and so, yes, we are PE, mm-hmm. but we are not throwing any dodgeballs at you. Um, and we work in so much more of the students' undergraduate experience. Mm-hmm. Um, they are practicing communication skills. They are um, forming friendships that can last throughout their entire college career. Mm-hmm. And they're in smaller classes, and so they get to know their professors, mm-hmm. and we really do care about them. We want them to succeed. I can imagine in yoga you get all sorts of levels of experience. Oh, yes. My favorite thing that my students say is, oh, no, I can't do yoga because I can't touch my toes. Right. And there is, you know, in yoga, there's no award. There's no first mm-hmm. place in yoga. So I don't give you a trophy when you mm-hmm. touch your toes. And I don't take away anything if you don't touch sure. your toes. And so this idea of what we do on our, on the mat in yoga, mm-hmm. breathing, um, finding balance. Um, I have a great quote that talks about that finding balance in a pose is practice at finding balance in your life. Mm-hmm. And so finding something to focus on, finding things to support you, mm-hmm. um, whether that's in a posture or just in college life 
life. Mm -hmm. um, that's something that I hope my students take with them when the class ends. And I have a feeling you've probably got some high school athletes who come in and think, oh, this is just going to be a bunch of stretching. Oh, it is. <laughs> and and there is some stretching, and but it also can be really vigorous. Yeah. And so we can move in a way that is very physically challenging mm -hmm. without it being a competition. Mm -hmm. And so my athletes especially may notice that their strength really helps them in certain postures. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes with great strength comes limited flexibility. Mm -hmm. And so we can all we can find something in yoga to be successful at and always something to work on. You mentioned the freshman organization that you're yeah. involved in. Um, what is, you know, one of those just like gold pieces of advice that you give to incoming freshmen? Oh, I should probably ask my learning community students if they've learned anything. <laughs> uh, but something I, I encourage them to do is two things, really. One is try new things. Mm -hmm. um, you College in itself is a new experience, mm -hmm. um, but whether it is meeting some new people or trying um, even a food that you've never tried before, um, joining an organization that you're interested in that is a little bit of a stretch for you, mm -hmm. um, I challenge them, especially in the first semester of their freshman year, to do something that challenges you, mm -hmm. whether that is a physical challenge or a social challenge or an academic challenge. And then along that way, of trying new things, realizing that asking for help is a great thing. And it doesn't mean, oh, I can't do this. It just means I need some help along the way. And so we talk uh, their whole first semester about um, finding people who can hold up their ladder, who are there to help them reach whatever goals they're going for. In what ways does the Department of Kinesiology and Sport Management support students, whether they're freshmen or seniors? We, we really hope that we are supporting them all along the way. With freshmen, one of the first experiences that they have with our department is before their freshman year actually starts, they come through our new student conferences. Mm -hmm. And so our advisors work very closely with the student and their family at new student conferences to get them registered for classes, welcomed to the department, um, an introduction to um, some of the buildings that they're going to see a lot of, some of the people that they're going to see a lot of. And then once the student is registered for classes if they happen to be in a learning community um, like the Loman one that I uh, supervise they will hear from their learning community instructor throughout the summer and then once they're back on campus we of course welcome them uh, we usually have some sort of welcome back bash with our uh, with the support of the college and then the students in their first semester are required to meet with their academic advisor um, to just make sure that they're on track uh, we also have the burn student success center that helps provide some academic support for our students if they need um and maybe some academic coaching along the way. Mm -hmm. And then we want to make sure that our freshmen know about all the wonderful resources on campus. Mm -hmm. uh, we have such a great university, but so large that they don't physically see everything. So and so we mm -hmm. want to give them information um, without overloading them. You know, we chunk it out um, so that they can see, okay, at this point, first set of exams is coming. What can we do to be prepared? And then as the students continue throughout their college career, their academic advisor continues to stick with them. We remind our students about scholarship opportunities, internship opportunities, and really thank goodness for social media and um, so many opportunities to reach out. Even students that we don't see as much, we can still stay connected with them with plenty of reminders. Mm -hmm. While working in the department, have you learned anything or incorporated any of the things that you teach in classes, maybe into your own personal life? I, yeah, I have actually. One of the um, first classes that I that I taught that was 
out of my comfort zone originally was a writing intensive course. Mm. Our students are required to take two writing intensive courses in their major. And um, after starting to teach that class for a couple of semesters, I, I guess, rediscovered uh, that I actually really do enjoy writing. I did it a lot as a little kid Mm -hmm. and then gave it a break for a while. And after practicing writing with my students, I decided that I wanted to be able to do some more of that. And so I help uh, write a couple of textbooks now that we use in a few of our classes. So it's really nice to be able to customize our materials Mm -hmm. for our students. And I have found that I actually really do enjoy the writing process. Um, I procrastinate just like my students do. (laughs) I have some deadlines looming. Mm -hmm. Um, But I getting getting to do some research and getting to talk with people um, who are experts in their field and then translate that into information that is um, specific for our students and understandable in just the way that they need it has really been a treat to be part of. It seems like all the faculty members that I've spoken with so far for this podcast get to do so much. There really isn't a limit. I mean, you're talking about, you know, teaching yoga and writing and, you know, being involved with student organizations. Like, there's just so much that... KNSM, I feel like, is involved in? We really try. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we're a little um, stretched thin, yeah. <laughs> but we we do it because we love it. Um, it is really hard to say no to an opportunity to help a student. Mm-hmm. And so everything that we do has that end goal in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, textbook writing is to make sure that our students have just the resources they need. Teaching learning communities, sometimes I feel like I do have 26 more children in addition to my other kids, but I love it. I would never give it up um, because you get to see the students from beginning to end and see those light bulb moments Mm -hmm. along the way. So, yeah, we have a lot of chances of things to do, and we just happen to work in a really great department full of people who are willing to say yes. Mm -hmm. Talking about those light bulb moments, um, you see so many students because PAP, there are a lot of students that come through. Is there one or maybe two Do you have a memory of a student who has come and said, you know, I never expected this class to change my life or I I never imagined my experience to be like this? I'm sure you have more than just one example, but is there one that you think of often? Well, honestly, the one, the first that came to mind when you asked that was um, a a few students who I had in country Western dance classes that I used Mm -hmm. to teach. Um, I did have uh, two sets of students get married after meeting in country. Western dance, oh my and gosh. <laughs> um, I, I got to work with them. That on, sounds a little bit more romantic than dissecting yes, the cat. Yeah, it was so, yes. If I had a yeah. recommendation, it but I mean, would your be. marriage obviously is still strong <laughs> We're doing and doing okay. well. Yes. So. <laughs> um, so that has been just a real treat to see really them, um, you know, and work with them on um, choreographing a wedding dance. And so that has uh, that's gosh. been very very fun. Yeah. Um, and then in, in other classes, of course, uh, one of the assignments that we do in our kinesiology uh, science of health and fitness class class Mm -hmm. is the students gather information about their family health history Mm -hmm. and they put that into um, a family health portrait program Mm -hmm. and they learn so much about their families and then their um, part of their final exam is asking them to look back over all the information they collected over the over the semester and write their own um, case study about themselves about Mm -hmm. incorporating all of their health information and I hear from students so often either I had no idea um, how many diseases 
diseases were present in my family, and I'm learning now I don't have to go down that road. Mm -hmm. Um, I can do some of the things that we learned about in this class to help prevent that. Or I just had a student this week say, wow, my family is really healthy, and I don't want to be the one to stop that. Mm. And so then that also motivates them to continue to be active and get enough sleep and and eat as right as best they can Mm -hmm. um, so that they continue that healthy trend. And that was really really fun to hear her take on it. Mm -hmm. One of the last things I want to touch on, actually going all the way back to the beginning, you talked about kind of pivoting your career when you decided or, Mm -hmm. or realized that I want to work with a younger population. What is your advice to students who are getting into a field Maybe maybe former students are even a couple years into a profession, and they're thinking, I'm not really sure if this is exactly what I want to do. I, I think so many 21-year-olds get told, like, all right, it's time to make a decision. This is your career. Like, you, you can't change it after this. Or maybe that's the feeling they get. And, you know, for some of us, we realize, no, you can always change. You can pivot, and, and you can change your career at any time, really. Absolutely. And it's really hard to make a decision when you're 18 about what you're going to do for the rest (laughs) of your life. Um, I am not following the path that I thought I was going to follow. Mm -hmm. And and that's okay. Um, It turns out I should have listened to my mom. My mom always told me I was going to be a teacher. uh, Yep. And so she was right. And um, I think when you we, we know ourselves. And so when something in you is telling me this isn't quite right, mm-hmm. um, it may be the job. It might be the place that you're doing that job. Maybe it's time to try a new community or try a new setting. Um, but we never want to spend time working somewhere just for the money. And so listen to that little voice. And if it's telling you it's time to try something new, mm-hmm. do it. And it's it requires some bravery uh, to try something new. And it requires a support of people around you. Mm-hmm. It may require some extra school or certifications or training. But get to know the people who work in the field that you're considering. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes it's hard to be someone in your mid-20s or early 30s and say, I think I want to go volunteer in a certain area to learn more about it. But that's the best way to learn about it. Um, And so take a step, go and and learn about this new field, but listen, if something in you is saying it's time for a change, honor that. Yeah. I love that. I love that advice. Alyssa, is there anything else you'd like to share? Any more words of wisdom? (laughs) No, I don't think so. I always wonder if my students are, you know, um, when I'm lecturing in class, what Mm -hmm. are they taking from this? (laughs) Um, But I did one of my classes today Mm -hmm. did um, a cardio fitness assessment, which is our very long way of saying they got to run a mile and a half. And they used that to um, be able to assess their cardiorespiratory fitness. And I have a group of students who signed up for a class that involved yoga. And so running was not part of their plan when they originally signed up. But yeah, I wouldn't think that either. Uh, but we talked about the value of collecting data and mm-hmm. taking this as, okay, here at this age, at, you know, 19 or 20, mm-hmm. um, here's how my VO2 max compares to recommendations. Here's how I compare to some of my peers. And I was so happy to see when they left, they left with smiles on their faces, even though it was sweatier than we all anticipated. It is a little warm. It is, it is quite <laughs> warm for March. Um, but it, they had such a sense of accomplishment mm-hmm. when they left. And so... Um, Um, I always hope that they leave um, feeling a little bit better about themselves than they did when they came in. Well, Alyssa, thank you so much for joining us today. It was great fun. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to On The Move. You can catch our episodes while you're on the move by going to Spotify, Apple, or Google. 
And to learn more about the Department of Kinesiology and Sport Management, head to knsm.tamu.edu. This podcast is housed in the School of Education and Human Development at Texas A&M University, where we transform lives.